0: Stay informed and up to date It's the Daily Maverick Show Tuesdays 1-2pm to 2 p. M. On cliffcentral.com
1: Good afternoon, you're tuned in to the Daily Maverick Show on Cliff Central My name is Kingsley Kipuri, as usual I'll be your host for the next hour I was away last week, I'm, uh, I'm really really happy to be back I'm just trying to figure out who Cecil the Lion is and what on earth is going on with that <laughs> So hopefully some of our guests can tell me what's going on there but anyway, to come to to this to this week's show, we'll be talking about Women's Month, um, which is just starting off, and what what on earth it means for us now in 2015. So we've got a pretty great show lined up. I'm joined by my usual partners in crime, Greg Nicholson and Fatima Matiba. Welcome, guys!
2: Thanks for having us.
1: Fantastic, and and now to actually just introduce you to our guests. Um, we've got quite an esteemed. Group of people here, so just to actually tell you who they are. So first is Kavuli Nyali the editor-in-chief of Good Hair Diaries, and is part of a movement or organization known as the Feminist Stockville. Welcome.
3: Thank you. How are you?
1: Fantastic. I'm. I'm. I'm quite curious. What What is the Feminist Stockville? What What, what is that about?
3: You know, Feminist Stockville is just black girls slaying. But uh, actually, it's a collective of eight women who are uh, mainly focused on the social issues that affect black women. Um and we 've used hair okay. initially to kind of move ourselves into the market and it 's moved on to film screenings and readings and panels and all kinds of stuff we really don 't box ourselves in
1: okay well that 's only half of what you do right the other half is the actual the, is the good hair and and what what is that is that you as an individual is that the stockville or what 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 is a hair consultant what 's that about? Um.
3: So basically, women come to me for for advice on their hair. Black women come to me for advice on their hair specifically. Okay. Uh, a lot of us are struggling. We've got hairline issues, if you haven't noticed. So uh, I have my hairline. <laughs> and I'm basically teaching women how to take care of their hair and okay. how to wear their own hair okay. proudly and healthily.
1: Okay. I'm quite interested in how you said you used like, hair as almost an entry point with the stock. I really want to hear more about that. So. Okay. But now to our... Uh, Next person we have in studio here, we have Anele Nzimande, a contributor for Vanguard Magazine and also a, a law student. Anele, um, you write a lot about gender issues and, and sort of the, 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 uh, what feminism is now to you. And, and how did you find yourself in this in this space when you were writing, thinking, and almost being a thought leader on these on these issues?
4: Um, I think... You know you you think about your experiences, and oftentimes, as a woman, you think because someone is already saying it, you don't need to say anything, someone will say it for you um and I think it's largely because. It's just about finding your voice Using your voice And trusting your own voice A lot of the time we delegate that responsibility To the people that are already in the media um, And I got a call from Panache I really don't remember the story quite well um, And I know we hadn't met before So before we met in person uh, We had a Skype conversation She got my numbers from somewhere I think it, sp- it started on Twitter mm. So Twitter has become a really interesting space mm. Where you can meet people And make really meaningful connections and she said, look, I think you have something interesting to say. Um, and I said, no, I don't think so. I don't think I have anything <laughs> new to say. Yeah. You know, someone's already saying it. Yeah. And I think that also speaks to just the confidence issues that we sometimes have as women, where you know that you're dealing with something, but you really struggle to find that voice, you know, to, to talk about it yourself. You think it sounds better in somebody else's mm-hmm. voice. Um, and she, she, she's an amazing person because I've been able to overcome that. Um, to the point where now I can, I can write. Cause I think it's, it's, it's different to talk about issues. When you write about them, you know, it's like, they're cast in stone. Um, you and, can't take and it back. Yeah, you can't take it back. And Tabiso mm-hmm. says that Lebu says, Lebu mm-hmm. Mashile says, the paper never forgets. So, if you put it down on paper, it's there for everyone to nitpick and and you know destroy and and whatever you know and it's it's quite an intimidating thing to do to write in general
1: um I hear you i saw um Carole, i hear you. I heard you nodding when we were talking about when we were talking about Twitter and how that's really become a place where it almost sound, it feels to me. There's almost a movement. That's, that's, I know it's formed on Twitter or it's most expressive on Twitter, but there seems to be almost a movement of, of sort of young black. Um feminists that are really coming to is that is that a real thing, or is that just me as an outsider's perspective? It is
3: a real thing i I do think that women are finding black women are finding their space on twitter uh but, but a lot of us are actually taking it off of twitter and and really doing something with it on the ground. so mm-hmm. I think that's the most important thing to do.
1: but
2: a lot of people use
3: Twitter as a sounding port. people say rubbish on there, people say real things on there mm-hmm. yeah mm. so
1: um you yeah. No, I'm just trying to think. Is is and we were arguing about this before the show, where my, I asked a silly question. At least your face told me it was silly. Of is, I feel like feminism has become very in vogue and very sexy, and and with with sort of the likes of Beyoncé, self-proclaiming as feminist mm-hmm. and so on. And I feel like it's it's become sort of a cool thing to do, um, at least cool thing to associate with. You know, verbally. Yeah. Is there, so A, is that, is that, do you feel that's true? I'm seeing a lot of frowns. And then B, if so, do you feel like it's, it's maybe poppiness or pop culturalization is maybe causing a rift between, between the coolness of it and the realities of what a women's empowerment I'm
4: going to be controversial no, and, and say, if it's if it's cool yeah. then that's fine okay. if it's pop culture then okay. it's fine because for some people that's what it needs to be it needs to be cool first before okay. they can subscribe to the ideology okay. um and you know like she says the hair is an entry point and and you know you need to you need to be innovative um you need to be creative as to how to introduce certain ideas to people and i think if it's Sexy and avant-garde and all those kind of things. And then you can initiate the conversation afterwards. That's, that's perfectly fine in my view. It has
3: to get people's attention. However okay. we do that, as long as it's true to self, it is fine. But, uh, to, to say that it's cool, yeah. uh, I don't feel that on the ground. Hey, okay. like who, I, I get a lot of kickbacks from, from men who don't understand what feminism is, especially black feminism. Okay. We don't hate men. We, we actually need you. Uh, we need you to support us. We'd like you to support us. Um, so I think, just as Annele said, if it's something that is, you know, trendy, that's fine. As long as I can get into your head from that entry point, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll we'll get to, you know, getting rid of your chicken-headedness later on.
4: And <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, we have been silenced for, for long, you know. Um, if you are watching our perfect wedding and I watch it on Twitter all the time. <laughs> and this part I watch Sunday, it on TV. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have a TV, unfortunately that comes with being a student. You can watch it on Twitter, that's the thing. It, it's amazing. <laughs> so um the the one of the, the bride, I think, yeah, one of their aunts was speaking at the wedding and was saying you need to uh you need to be quiet and open up down there. But they said it in the African language. Okay. And I think that is that's what feminism is. It's just teaching people that look Actually, you have something really imp- powerful to say, re- something really important to say. Yeah. Um, because for a really long time, we've been silenced. You know, I don't even know some of my own mom's views on, um, just where, where is she in the world? Where, yeah. where is her place in the world? And f- for us to have a conversation amongst ourselves as women where we're not interrupted, but you, you kind of allow the men to, to see into it and to see, you know, what are our experiences, um, well, I generally
3: just, need you to keep quiet yeah, yeah. for most of it. <laughs> you need to be quiet, <laughs> okay, but so you that, need to listen in. Okay, so yeah. I, okay,
1: so th- it th- I feels like we're trying to dissect the role of men, mm. the role of men in 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 trying to advance women's women's within rights within feminism within feminism.
3: Yeah. Okay.
1: So now I'm hearing you can get a peek in, but you can't. No,
3: listen If you if you're listening, yeah. you're not okay. talking. That's okay. the truth, right? Okay. So that's what we mean. Okay. Come listen. Get to understand what's mm. going on, mm. but in that space where women are talking about their feelings, about how they're being oppressed, that's not your space to be like, but I need you to wash the dishes, but I need this, but I need... Th-. That's not your space. But not so.
4: all men. Right, but yeah. not all but
1: men. Not not all men. Okay, just keep jumping in to yes. say, I don't do that. I don't.
4: We know, which okay, is sure. why you're yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> so just listen so that you can convert more of your own to be like you.
1: Mm, this, exactly. I mean, this, this sounds quite similar to some of the language around allies with, uh, white with whites. Yeah, the, yeah. Like, yeah. What, what is the role of an ally? And, I'm sorry. Oh, so, sorry. I mean, we <laughs> yeah, white the one white presence. Yeah. 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 Everybody yeah. looks at Greg like, dude, <laughs> jump in. What's the, um, I, white presence is,
4: is arresting, you know, I, I feel it, it arrests the space. Um, what do you mean by arrest? So, we we all are not able to say so if you wanted to say something yep. you will you'll doubt whether is this going to make greg uncomfortable so it's my him. ability to to speak freely okay and i think even with men it it does the same so in a in a feminist space we're all trying to think how can i say this in a politically correct way and that's also what a white presence does in a black space we're all just guarding ourselves too much and sometimes it doesn't allow us to speak truth right and that's not the space
3: to be politically correct it's the space to be truthful Uh, it's it's not a hating space it's just this is what i'm going through this is what my people are experiencing this is what women are experiencing listen to us acknowledge it and let's figure out a way that we can deal with selves we can't we can't deal with the other person who is having an issue with Mm. what we're saying like that's not the space
4: and men need to create their own spaces also, you know Amen. Um, And they need to also call it feminism okay. So in that space, men need to be sitting down and talking and saying We are feminists Because feminism is just believing in the equality The social equality, economic equality um, Of both men and women So when are men going to sit and deliberate As to how are they contributing to the destruction Or just the endorsement of patriarchy, and if they continue to endorse it, you know why? Why is that so? Um,
1: yeah, I, have, I have read and, and heard that it's it's often the the support that one might expect um, from black men towards the feminist struggle has really been lacking in a lot of cases. Where um, at the beginning we're all united in in a in a in, in sort of this black struggle. And then with said, when it starts becoming around gender issues and LGBT mm. issues, a lot of the support has been, has been mm. lacking. Is this something that you found?
3: Uh, absolutely. I think, uh, even within relationships, you know, I find that there's a lot of teaching that needs to, to happen and kind of reprogramming, uh, the, especially the black male mind. I've, I've never dated a white man, so I'm only speaking from that, from that space. Mm. And, uh, really helping him to understand uh, what it means to be a feminist male has been a daunting task, you know, talking to fathers, talking to your uncles, talking to your brothers, you know, people that you respect, but yeah. people mm. who are also maybe oppressing you in some way, shape, or form. That's a hectic conversation to have with them, and they don't usually take that uh, message mm. well. Y- y- you know, I'm told to stay in my place. I'm, I'm told to know my role and shut my mouth.
4: It's it's quite challenging, you know. I I do agree, especially there there are instances where I don't know if I should stand up for myself or if I should allow my boyfriend to stand up for me, and he will also he doesn't know what to do because we're we're both consider ourselves to be feminists, and I need to I can't I can't always when when I'm offended. By a man and he's, he says something That I don't agree with and we're together You know it's that okay so Who needs to speak up does he need to speak up Should I speak up and it's constantly We're both learning you know What does it mean truly sorry What does it mean truly to To, to, to be in a patriarchal World and to be people who you know, are trying to reject that
3: in all its forms right. and navigate relationships. I mean, yeah. it
1: sounds like quite a tough conversation to have where you're, where you're I'm assuming, you like a, a father or a boyfriend or a husband. And it's almost a conversation of trying to educate, mm. <laughs> but from a place of love and empathy and understanding why they yes. are yes. the way they are they are right. so it's almost I know the society that has shaped you mm. I know why you are this way but I, it's also and I'm sympathetic it's, but it's also that. unacceptable right
3: but I need you to fix that shit and the society <laughs>
4: the society has shaped me too um, often times I, yeah. I behave in a way and I think no actually this might be patriarchal
3: I might be a patriarch right now to myself
1: could you explain could you explain what you mean by that
3: You're never fully woke. I just had this conversation on on Twitter today, you know, (laughs) because there was something I was reading. I can't recall what it was. But, you know, people were like, oh, yeah, Willow Smith, you know, she's she's taken on she imitated a deity of some sort and she's she's really offended okay. a, a particular culture. Okay. Um mm-hmm. and basically people were like yeah I thought that willow was woke you know she's not woke and I'm just like is is, it is any-
2: that the thing where she's wearing a bindi or yes, something? Yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Um
3: and it's a deity that has mm-hmm. many different mm-hmm. arms and stuff mm-hmm. like okay. that. Okay. And I, you you know I I said you know you you're never fully woke like you, every mm. day you are effing up. There's some way that you're effing up. You know what I mean? Like you 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 are striving towards that fully yeah. awake enlightenment uh, space. Yeah. enlightened yeah. space. Yeah. But who's woke? Who is fully woke? Raise your hand. Mm. And
1: Willa's also a child. If I'm not, unless, she, uh, she's that's also a quite bit. young. She's, she's a child. child and yeah. She yeah. needs
3: to be taught. You know. Yeah.
1: And, I'm, and I yeah I think also how do we how do you recognize people? based on where they are in their journey. So if you if you meet somebody who, you know, is at step one, hypothetically, mm-hmm. how, how do you not just tell them, listen, all your views are wrong. <laughs> read a book. You suck. Read a book all right. and you know. I mean, you know.
4: we are impatient. Uh, we, we definitely don't have the patience to teach. But I think then that's the beauty of Twitter, you know, because you, you just follow the right people um, and... I also feel that where the things that I know now, I have learned outside of the classroom because it's so simple. It's simplified. Um, it's not these big theories and philosophical right. language that you can't, that you struggle to grapple with. Right. So if you follow just the right people and they're able to practically tell you, actually, this is what, mm. you know, the application of this theory looks like every day to me. I think it makes it a lot
3: more easier. It's essentially what it, the Feminist Stockville has mm. tried to do. That's essentially what what it mm. is. It's just trying to make it tangible in a space that's safe, uh, but that but a safe that's safe and protected so that you can ask those questions that are seemingly stupid or yeah. you know, not quite woke questions, uh, but you'll get an answer mm. and we uh, just slowly affecting change in that space.
1: I'm. I I think I'm going back to my silly question of separation between being on the ground, and and, and what seems to be a very sort of small a small subset. So you mentioned earlier, when I talked about feminism now being sexy and being, sort of um, aligned closely with with pop culture, and you said that's not what we are seeing on the ground. Yeah, that's what, not what, what I'm seeing. Mean? Let me not speak. No, it's everyone. fine. Yeah. I, do, I just what do you mean when you say on the ground?
3: I mean on on the ground I just yeah okay on Twitter it's cool it's nice to be a, a feminist and, <laughs> and yeah yeah Beyonce woo yeah. you know but when it comes to actually doing the work on the ground yeah. meaning you know Making sure there's a safe space for 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 women to speak, you know. Making sure that you speak out against the silly campaigns that we have, mm-hmm. that we see on Twitter, that are really not helping women fundamentally. Like that's that's your time to to speak out. That's not sexy. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to do that. I, I'm constantly. Yeah, I mean, you're at, being the
1: killjoy. Yeah, like yeah, killing yeah. The People riot. look yeah. at
3: me as the killjoy. Like, yeah. damn, well, you're never happy. Like, what's wrong with <laughs> you? You know, I like I am a happy person, but <laughs> guys, really, I am happy person. You know, but facts are the fact, you know what I mean? And people Mm. don't really want to hear that. That's what I'm finding. So it it ain't too sexy. I'm sexy, but sometimes it ain't sexy. Okay, for those not in
1: studio, (laughs) just take her word for it. (laughs) We'll take a picture at the end of the show. Um, I was talking to somebody quite involved in sort of the feminist space a few days ago and she told me the stereotype of like an exhausted and angry feminist is Mm. is not always so far from the truth because it can be so exhausting. Yeah. Trying to always trying to always correct jokes or situations and trying to Mm. speak out here and speak out there and it can be so exhausting and you can be perceived as the as the killjoy yeah it
4: it it works though you know i was having a conversation with a friend of mine who he's a guy so he went home for the june holiday um and when he came back he said you know when i was at home i realized how much i've changed actually in my interaction with the women you know in, in in the feminist spaces so he was saying that his sisters don't refer to men by their first name they they always call them Puti, okay. spanbani okay. or uh, baba kabani and with 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 women they they call them by their first name and he was saying how he had never been able to he had never observed that before and it made him so uncomfortable and he thought why why can't they just why can't they just be free this is oppressive just uh. it's in the language and what the language implies like even um little boys they have to refer to them with this sort of there's a decorum that they need to to use and i thought wow you know it's it's not useless so it's not you you don't you don't see the one million man march that we all thought we would have seen Mm. by now but just the few conversations that you do have and you know the patience that you do have with one person to say I think you need to reconsider this and they're able to go home and change um because, you know, the personal is political and if somebody can go back to their family and start to modify their behavior in that space, that's what it needs to be. That's what feminism actually needs to look like. So, I think when Kavuli talks about on the ground, um, that's that's the impact. That's the, you okay. know, is that people are able to take their own experiences and knowledge and start to think about their home spaces and challenge their fathers and sisters and mothers
1: yeah. and you know. I hear. You. I'm really interested about this idea of culture meets what we're trying to do here. But we just need to go through to a, a call we're just about to have. We'll be talking to uh, Masie Romaro, um, who's part of South African young feminists and was also part of the Roads Must Fall movement. Marse, are you here with us?
0: Hi. How are you?
1: Good, good, good. Thanks for hanging on. I know we had you there for a second. Now, Marse, um tell us about the young uh, South African young feminists and, and and the work you're doing there.
0: Um, so, fascinating um, young feminist activist um, OSEF is a group of black is a black feminist movement. Um, it's a movement basically that's open spaces for young black women and young black feminists. And in our, in our activism, we prioritise the experiences of black women, and we prioritise the experiences of black men and women um, to some degree when we in a uh, conversation about feminism. Um, a lot of our work goes into empowering uh, young Black women, having conversations about things that impact Black women, whether it's their daily experiences in the workplace, in the home, um, their personal interactions in their in their relationships, with its romantic, with their families and friends. So it's a safe space that we want to we've for Black women to be able to speak to one another and to support one another, and to kind of change the stereotypes about Black women being, you know. Always, have always been vengeful towards one another. Always not wanting to see one another progress. So it's a safe space that we've opened for us to be vulnerable, to be able to encourage one another, and to push one another forward.
1: I mean, that sounds incredible, especially that it's not only happening in the month of, of August. What uh, must say, something I actually want to ask about is 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 during your participation in the in the Fall movement, um, yeah. there were some conversations happening around around the alignment and sometimes disalignment between between the the, the racial transformation versus gender transformation and LGBT rights? And and how did you see that play out in the movement and activists in the movement? Mm -hmm. When when were they united and disunited along sort of these different struggles? Yeah.
0: I think when we started the Rosemar 4 movement, it was important for us to do things differently Mm -hmm. and learning from historical experiences, right? So when we started the Rosemar 4 movement, we called ourselves and we said that we're going to be an intersectional movement. And intersectionality is um a theory or a school of thought that's part of black feminism which speaks about the inclusion of all oppressed people so looking at people as as um as as complete human beings and taking into account the things that oppress them, the the factors that might be oppressive so not just looking at their blackness but looking at their social the social settings looking at their class where they're located their abilities their, their disabilities, and making that a put port- an important component um, of of the movement and also recognizing that people don't live single story lives and when you're when you're an oppressed body that can work itself out in different in different ways. So as much as we we prioritized race in work before it was important for us to prioritize gender as well because for example, black women don't only space um um, oppression through the, their race but also through their gender. It was important to to um to factor in sexuality because sexuality is a big issue. The fact that black lesbian women um are being killed in different townships and trans men and women are being killed in different cities is also an important issue. So it's about making DAO activism inclusive and making it and, and for us to be allies to the people who need our support mm-hmm. and asking them and giving them a platform to tell their stories and say, this is your platform, tell your story and tell us what support we can provide you.
1: And I hear you. Do you, do you feel that was successful? Do you think the, the, the regular sort of active in courts, activist crowd and, and sort of uh black conscious, um, individual, do you think they were receptive to this idea of intersectionality and were able to be a part of it?
0: I mean, I think every movement, um, and, and also, this is the work that say does. We know that it's a conversation. It's a conversation that has to be had, and it's not accepting. And especially with preconceived ideas of feminism being a Western idea and feminism as originating in 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 um, in Western countries, which is not entirely true. Because in your 1963, women like our Tiang were writing feminist books in, in Senegal in Africa, mm-hmm. and so. Um, the contention has been around, what is feminism? Can we can we accept feminism and intersectionality? And it's been a, a lengthy conversation that's continuous, but people are opening up. There is an understanding, and that understanding is important for us to be, uh, to be successful as a collective of people who are trying to reach the same goal.
1: Okay, I just want to make sure I understand you. So that there was some reception of... Um, you know what I'm trying to do here, and you're bringing these sort of white ideas, these white feminist things. You, you're sort of <laughs> infecting our struggle. Is that is that the kind of the reception that was, that was, that you got? Sorry, can you
0: repeat
1: that? I'm sorry. I'm just. I want to make sure I understand you. When when you try to introduce this idea of intersectionality, it sounds like some people felt you, you were sort of infecting the movement with these white white ideas and taking femi- yeah. feminism as a sort of a white thing. Yeah, I mean,
0: it's a. You know, it's, it it was also about educating educating people about what intersectionality is, because intersectionality can only be credited to, to Black feminism. Black feminism and women mm-hmm. like Patricia Hill Collins came with the concept of intersectionality. Mm-hmm. It's, been, um, it's been grown by, we have women like Bauho speaking into it. We also have African feminists or, or Black feminists like Pumna Kola speaking to things like intersectionality. So it was about creating understanding around it and, and explain to people how they themselves need to look at themselves as intersectional beings because each and every person is an intersectional being. There's a point where you can't look at oppression in isolation. Oppression mm-hmm. is interlocked and it's important to deal with oppression as and, and not compare oppression saying, Well, I'm black and so my blackness should prioritize over my sexuality, the fact that I'm a queer woman or the fact that I'm um, that I'm a woman should be considered to more beneficial, the fact that uh, over my class or mm. my my disability, we we need to be dealing with oppression as as an, as as a, as a holistically and not just in isolation, and that's the understanding that we've tried to create in the movement, and it's been pretty successful so far.
3: It's really encouraging to know that you. It, this movement is going on everywhere. Like, I'd love to meet you one day. <laughs> we should
1: have coffee.
0: We should have coffee sometime. There we go.
1: All, all having coffee. I'm just inviting myself.
4: Um, you know, I I find it quite interesting that um, when we talk about feminism, we 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 think of it in these white terms, and of mm. course, maybe you know, um, white feminists had the luxury. To, to be seen as the people who coined feminism um, because that was their oppression. That was their struggle. That was immediate yeah. to them. Um, and it it just, it just shows that oppression in its form once included, white mm-hmm. women in it, and the right to vote, the right to equality, mm-hmm. the right to equal pay um at the workplace is something that obviously affected them directly and I think then when you when you talk about intersectionality and why it's important is because these women did not see anything wrong with the oppression of black people right. you know that mm-hmm. was that was immediate to them it affected them they they don't care about anyone else or anything else mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. I think what's interesting about black feminism is that it it stands up and it says, you know what, actually enough. I I need to not only be concerned mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. my own pain and my own suffering. Mm-hmm. I need to look at the world and see how can I, how can I use my position to alleviate the suffering of another mm-hmm. person? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean,
0: and, and, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's those constant disputes are always, Um, say to people i don't understand if we if uh, you know in black spaces or however you want to term it if we the contention around feminism if it's the feminist ideology or is it the term feminism is it because we we you know taken the term feminism and Mm -hmm. we it alongside black what is the contention around it because when you speak about black feminism and it's correct when you say that you, you you don't just prioritize your own pain mm. in the search of black feminism. And you uh, you, you look at what um, Bell Hooks called um, um, white supremacist capitalist patriarchy. Mm. And you, and that is not just a concept that impacts black women bodies, but it, impact, it, it impacts black male bodies as well. And you start to, as a part of black, black feminism is being critical of those ideas of how not only does it impacts black female bodies, but how does it impact black male bodies too? And in that way, We can't really say that black feminism um, is is a very exclusionary term, and yet it does prioritize the experience of black women. But to some degree, when it is important, it is very critical of what is happening, the constructions around masculinity, why is it important for black men and women to have conversations around uh, black masculinities and black femininity, right? right? Because it's a conversation that we all need to be having, and we all need to be thinking of it differently. Yeah, um, I mean, it's
4: it's it's quite painful, I think, to be a black woman because you have to deal mm-hmm. with yourself, and you have to deal with the your son, your father, your yeah. brother. Mm-hmm. So you you internalize also their experiences because they affect how you relate 100%. with those with those people. Yeah. So I think as a black woman, it's it's quite difficult to say, you know, what I only care about myself. Because mm. it, it's impossible. If I've I have been in a
3: space to do that, you know. As well, we've been taking care of everyone. We, when did we ever have a chance to just focus on self? It's it's impossible. Yeah. Mm.
1: But now it I sounds think, like you're spending yeah. a lot of time trying to still take care of other people and i'm not saying this to be critical of you but yeah. it, mm. I just a lot of this conversation has been educating other people who are mm. and it, it's still also it's also,
3: it's also educating ourselves as black yeah. women yeah. as well it's not just about everyone else yeah. i mean we are yeah. that's you know going back to not being fully woke you yeah. know there's still things mm-hmm. that we do every day I question myself every day mm-hmm. I check myself on certain things why I do certain things uh uh, uh how how was was that thought that I just had? Mm. You know, uh, uh, patriarchal. Was mm. that? Am I being mm. sexist? Yeah. You know, mm. I question myself mm. all the time. It, we also it just seems like we spend more time talking about and, white people and males. Mm.
0: <laughs> and I think that's also important because a part of Black feminism is for Black women to also be critical of, of feminism of and, yeah, and also be critical of ourselves and saying mm-hmm. how do we perpetuate. And how do we perpetuate patriarchy mm-hmm. and how we're in the settings that we are in, right? Yes. And also if speaking into self care, one of the biggest what one of the biggest pillars of, of black feminism is self care, self preservation, the importance of self preservation mm. and looking at the self. Because you know, as black women our bodies, our lives we're traumatized on a daily basis mm. because of the experiences and the, the post the the, the trauma intergenerational trauma that we have to carry from our mothers Mm -hmm. and, you know, Mm -hmm. from the bodies that they carried and and their trauma and we are re-traumatized in the settings that we are in because we are just trying to, you know, very different from feminism or or Western feminism is about the fight for the survival of the black female body. Mm -hmm. And that is consistent around the world. If you go to the U.S., women like Sandra Bland, who... Mm -hmm is arrested and the next day she's found dead, right? And it's the trauma that black women have to face knowing that alongside black male bodies, our, our bodies are also in danger. And the fact that we have for many years had to take care of not just yourself, take care of the family and yeah. care for everyone else. And that self-preservation is so important. All it's right. so important because it speaks directly to the self. Mm.
4: So I don't know if um, Kavuli was there when the feminist stock file, um hosted the first film screening. Mm-hmm. Yes. So they had Lenore. Yes. Mm, and... And it's quite interesting that you, you you get this black woman who's trying to empower herself, right? By mm-hmm. by getting a job, um, so she goes and she works as a domestic worker for this white family and she who ends dresses
3: up- nicely and she really ca- yeah. cares for herself.
4: And and they end mm-hmm. up moving, so they they go back to France. Yes. I think they went Congo. Yes, is it Congo mm-hmm. Senegal, yeah. something like that. Um, and when she gets to 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 France, she finds that the biggest oppressor in that family makeup mm-hmm. setup is the white mm-hmm. woman. The woman. So that's mm-hmm. that's this, this, this the distinction. Sorry, between white feminism and black feminism is that sometimes even in like the feminism, white yeah. women are the oppressors. They are the enemies. So we can't all just bandy together. It's, it's, it's not possible because they have, um, they have a white privilege. Um, you know, you're a domestic worker and, and you're a subordinate, you're a subordinate to them, you know, your place. Um, you, it's, it's, it's quite, it's quite an interesting thing. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the distinction that needs to happen in feminism yeah. is that you the need 100%. to also call out white women and say, you need to take some responsibility, um, for your complicity in, in yeah. just the 100%. subordination
3: of, of black women. Right. Otherwise, there wouldn't be a space for black feminism. Exactly. Yeah.
0: I think something that's very, um, something that's very interesting that's been happening in the media lately, um, and that's really, been speaking into the distinction between black feminism and white feminism, is for example the Nicki Minaj and Taylor Swift issue, mm. where Nicki Minaj was speaking about how black women, the uh, the entertainment industry, fails to empower black women and they could be changing and making strides in in whichever way, but she referred to the other girls who do the same and get empowered, and then Taylor Swift goes out and says, well. Um, how can you throw so much hate to me? I've always loved you, and and and. And Nikki was like, "Wait a minute, it's <laughs> not never, about you." I've never once mentioned your name, and it's not even about you, mm, right? And mm. it's that it, it's that idea of black women always having to, when it comes to the fight about uh, or, or empowering women, it always has to be prioritizing the space of the white woman first, and, and putting ourselves in the backseat. Similar to the Rihanna BBHMM. Oh. Video with the <laughs> uproar around white feminists saying, "Oh, this is you know," it's, and 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 recognisably it's, it's violence. To, it is quite, violence to women. Yeah. And Maya McKenzie wrote a, a very interesting article around it and saying, "Yes, we have to problematize that uh, Rihanna is inflicting pain on other women, but we also have to recognise that for one, what she's communicating is that for one, there's a black woman who puts her." you know, who prioritize ourselves over the pain of white women. Mm. And that's
4: important. And, and they've always done that. They've always prioritized themselves. Yeah. And then all of a sudden 100%. it's like, oh, no, but how can we differentiate ourselves? Why, what's yeah. up with the separatist mentality? Yeah. But it's necessary mm-hmm. because we don't mm-hmm. share. We, yes, there is a common experience, you know, gender yes, but not is common. Board. But it's not across the board.
0: Right. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's not a common lived lived experience because the lived experiences are so different yeah and like you said there's, there's the issue of privilege right um there's an issue of privilege and where black women are positioned and and the fact that even in the same household like you referred to um the story now the woman who was a domestic worker and moved to france
3: mm. there's, there's
0: a there's a clear power play of the black woman a domestic worker and she's working for a white woman yes there's a clear power play although they, the sameness is around womanness, right? And and the way that the world sees them as woman bodies. But the power play is very important, and that distinction is very important for us to recognize that we need to be opening up spaces for ourselves as Black women, um, spaces that are empowering to us, and spaces that we allow that allow us to be vulnerable and to be safe.
4: Yeah, I'm just thinking about um Kylie Jenner now also and how she mm. had her cornrows in yeah. and Ama- Amanda, you know what I mean? Amanda yeah. comes in and she says, look, yeah. it's okay, right? So yeah. the problem with with this situation all the time is that when black women have... Mm black hair mm. and they have qualities associated yeah. with them they're they're mm. they're not celebrated they're despised right. but you take changed. the same qualities and you put it on a white woman and all of a and sudden trendy. she's of trending course. she's got <laughs> cornrows on she's a white yeah. girl this is amazing she big yeah. lips. she's got do you know big lips And now that that is also mm. the thing is that they can b- white women have that privilege that they can do things of that course. black women do all the time ordinarily and they become just top 160 years this and that and it's, yeah. it's it's quite an interesting debate you know that cultural appropriation mm aspect to it as well, that they yes. can dominate black culture. Iggy, for example, can dominate oh, yes. black culture. Right,
3: guys, what happened to Iggy? <laughs> She's off the radar. Iggy, Nobody Iggy, likes Iggy. her anymore. They called her out. Anyone,
2: Did anyone ever like Iggy? What they never did, but now yeah, Her career is over, guys. Can I just jump in here and ask yeah. you guys quickly? Although I've tried, been trying to listen, one thing I want to ask is that all of the examples that we seem to be using today seem to particularly come from the States, and it seems like with a lot of these discussions... The sure. examples to look at with these things and re- that really gain traction on the internet and on social media um comes from the u s and particularly mm-hmm. pop culture in America Ooh. as right. well as actually you did mention some older films and things. but do we have the same level of um debate around our own local examples
3: in terms of um, cultural appropriation or
2: all sort of in terms of feminism, particularly black and white feminism are there the same level is there the same level of critique in the south african context
4: there is. Uh,
2: there is, mm-hmm. yeah. I
1: think, yeah,
0: I think in South Africa, I mean, in 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 feminist circles in in South Africa, at least the circles that I've been, I think um, the, the the debate is really there. It's and it's important. It's a big debate, and it, even in sayf in sayf, we we actively try to to keep a space that is that is that that safe for black women and a space that black women can frequent. And I think the only difference is that it's not it doesn't gain as much media traction Mm. as it should, or Mm. or rather it's dealt with internally, right? It's an internal dynamic. And maybe that's a comment to how much uh, education has to go into teaching people, South African women, South African men, about feminism Mm. and the importance of feminism. And I think that maybe the reason why it's much easier to use a U.S. example is because it's all over the internet and Mm. it's and it's public knowledge rather than having to say to you, "Oh last week my friend and yeah. someone else, we are walking down the street." So I think that, that, and, and maybe it's a, it's a challenge for us to go out in the communities and teach about black feminism and teach about the importance of you know um, having spaces that preserve the experiences of women, the experiences of black women and so forth.
4: So um I also think the other problem you know is that in South Africa for a very long time we haven't been talking about race in the ways that we should have mm. been and mm. in America they've they've always been developing just even academia around
2: experiences mm. to
4: do with with race even hair there's a lot of i was looking for some hair articles mm. and there's hardly anything written by black women in south africa in the academic space whereas in america mm. you find that there is a whole just body mm. of work stuff. around yeah. their hair type, yeah and around that stuff why um hair type and also yeah. just certain airlines not allowing particular looks, um, yeah. and there's a whole body of work around that. And in South Africa, because we're so preoccupied with rainbow nation and, and nation building and reconciliation, mm. we have actually stunted Just the progress of a conversation around blackness Mm. and, Mm. and feminism in a way that is truthful. So now we're, we're trying to catch up. And fortunately we have, you know, the conversations going on in the US that can sort of move us forward. But because of that, you know, because of just the silence or this dormancy, Mm. um, for the past 21 years, I think it really has, because there have been so many issues, you know, the code of conducts in schools that, that was so, um, yes, violent yes, towards yes, identities of black yes. women. You know, you're not allowed to have your afro at you school, have kind of dreadlocks. And now all of a sudden it seems, it seems like we're going on this wave from the US when it's always been there. You know, we had school, Meetings after the assembly. Mm-hmm. If you had the wrong kind of hair, like all the black girls would have to stay behind. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, you see, you kind of—they'd make an Afro's example out. of you. You just—you need to sort that out, right? Um, and 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 I'm I'm actually quite glad that right now we're having the conversation because it it can't wait anymore. Mm. It just it needs to be dealt with it needs to be spoken about Um, but it needs to be documented as well and it it needs to be documented we need to get back to writing we need to do these
3: podcasts and and recording of these videos and it just has to happen because of exactly what you are saying i is that we just don't have a body of work to refer to i mean what will our children Mm -hmm. our children's children see besides just hearsay and of course twitter
1: Absolutely. Actually, mm. speaking on Twitter, the people are just trying to write through to us. <laughs> okay. We have at Pause Candy who says, speak, do not be scared of white people. Mm. Yes. There we go. There's an Amandla <laughs> in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> and we have, I'm trying to find the next one. Come on. It's somewhere here. Somebody says. I
2: saw Poncho, who's
1: also part yeah. of Poncho Palani. She yes. is also part of the Okay.
2: Uh, she says, uh, responding to the comment that our white presence is arresting, she yeah. says, that this is why hashtag black girls only exists
4: yeah yes. okay yeah. a strong a strong years
2: yes from Cahoole. for black girls only yeah. I think she's I referring
3: think... to for black girls only is that what we're
2: Mm, just says hashtag Black girls Okay only. please tweet us so, again yeah. To give us an idea Of what you're
1: talking about um, If you're just tuning in This is the Daily Maverick show On Cliff Central um, in, the, in the in the context of Women's Month And Women's Day Coming up We're just unpacking This idea of, of, of What black feminism is And, and, and some of the, the issues With trying to be A black feminist in 2015 mm-hmm. Sorry Greg And
2: one one more tweet Shout yeah. out Is um, OG uh, Chimbi Says uh, The biggest challenge Is getting all women To be for other women right. Then we can tackle the men
1: mm. okay. I guess back to this, okay. I, I know, I know, <laughs> some agreement and some disagreement. It's a bit of a problem. Okay, well guys, with just a few minutes left, there's just one thing I do want to touch on. I feel like we're, again, this separation between the, the external and educating and externally. I'm quite interested in the internal journey, which has, I, I think we've not focused too much uh, on. And Kavuli, you, you mentioned this, uh, before around we are not all woke and, and, mm-hmm. and we're all on this journey to, I suppose wokeness is the destination. Yeah. Could you just give us an idea of what is that journey and, and, perhaps what is the, it has been for you and and some of the women that you, you sort of walked it with so to speak
3: uh i think for myself that journey has been towards uh true self-love i think we we, we talk mm-hmm. about oh i love myself and you know i'm great and and all that other stuff but it's really yeah. about the things that you say to yourself that you repeat to yourself mm-hmm. in your head and then and then how that plays out in your day-to-day life okay. mm-hmm. uh for instance uh one of the the ways that we entered the market, the feminist stock was through these hair soirees. Okay. And it was a really um, fundamental and kind of obvious way for us to speak about self-care and self-love mm-hmm. and, and how our hair is politicized mm-hmm. and, and how it's just, we're just kind of picked apart all the time through our hair. And, mm-hmm. um, it's it's definitely that that inward journey of of understanding why do i do the things that i do uh how are my surroundings affecting those decisions and 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 what can change what can be better so that i can affect the women around me in a more positive way
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. okay i think yeah i think as you mentioned i think that's i think that's the one right that is i feel like that is the the road that 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 needs to be walked. I, I just fear that people spend so much time explaining things to idiots like me, and it's like it doesn't really matter if it gets anywhere oh, or you're not. Oh, you not an idiot. And yeah. so I'm you can't like, I I'm mean, so, and I, then, I think we yeah? just,
4: and I, I don't, don't want to be idealistic, mm. but I, I, we have the capacity to love, right? We, we, we are mm. able to lovingly um, teach and say. And I, I'm constantly even doing it with with my dad. And sometimes I have to ask myself, Am I being too hard on him? Maybe I, cause someone will come to my house and my dad will be cooking, or he'll be he'll say, No, don't worry, I'll wash the dishes. And mm-hmm. I'm just that's like, amazing. Okay, well, am I being really hard on my dad? Maybe so gonna, I should. You would
1: feel bad. Like I do, <laughs> I do,
4: and I don't know if I feel bad because I'm I'm being unreasonable, yeah. or if I feel bad because of conditioning. Just so like I'm conditioned to I'll feel go- bad if my my dad does something for me mm, that mm. is domestic in nature oh. so if he has a shovel in his hand obviously that's that's fine but if he's washing my plate oh my god no um and and i guess it's that journey you know that Kavuli's talking about keeping yourself in check and just knowing that that he can i he's i can still love him and, mm. and, and allow him to, to learn and allow him to wash the dishes and not feel compelled to say, no, but it's fine. Let me do it. Um, because he, he is making the necessary changes also. And it's also, it's, it's uncomfortable. So it's not a pleasant thing, you know, to have your dad do that for you. Like I, I squirm in my seat. Like, yeah. is this really pleasant. happening? Why? Be pleasant, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why am I, I mean, is, am I being rude? Am I like a disrespectful? Zulu daughter sure. um you know and it's just it's those kind of things those like cultural evolution that is that needs to happen that is going I, on but it challenges mm-hmm. you also because of what you know and and what you think you know rather. Okay,
1: hey sorry ma'am, want say something. I'm just going to jump in there. We just have a few minutes to go. Um oh. It sounds like we need to have another show on, on on That's on right. on especially this idea of culture and <laughs> i'm having so much fun. I want to do something really cheesy and ask you all to leave us with just one thing okay. women 's month has started clearly a lot of brands and people are getting it wrong, and there 's a mm-hmm. lot of sort of very stereotypical very often pointless sort of ways in trying to sort of appreciate or commemorate women, such as sort of wearing stilettos on the cover of a magazine so what's if If you could sort of say one thing to everybody listening uh, for this women's month and beyond that or maybe something you think is useful, whether it's just a thought process or a conversation or or, or anything like that that you could leave us with Kavuli.
3: Uh I would say be very, very careful of the hidden misogynistic messages in these women's month you mm. know adverts and marketing mm. nonsense. Yep. I don't understand how a pink cocktail that's half price really helps uh the movement but you know, to each his own.
1: Mm. Okay. Mm. Thank you.
4: Um, I would say, um, accompany thought with action. Yeah. Yeah. A company thought with action and that action needs to be meaningful. Um, it needs to not just be action for its own sake. So at the end of it, do you really think that this is going to challenge, um, people's views about gender and patriarchy and power relations.
0: Mm.
1: Absolutely. And Marce, anything from you?
0: Yeah, I think um, just extending on being being critical on the campaigns for Women's Month is also being um, critical of Women's Month itself. Why mm-hmm. do we have to really just prioritize women's issues in one month, right? Yeah. And it's, it's this idea that we, we, we do it every day, but it's in this particular month. We, we celebrate women. We especially celebrate women, but we should be critical of that because it's not entirely true. It's not entirely true, and we we have to be critical of um, campaigns that come out this month. It's the month that we're most vocal about uh, domestic abuse, about uh, intimate uh, intimate partner abuse. It's mm. when we you know we we look at uh, women differently. And I saw an answer yesterday where somebody said um, we're going to be coming around to people's homes and cleaning, and we're going to give women a break. What does that mean? How does that even challenge gender stress? Wow. It d- it I mean, that's like reinforcing slowly. the stereotype. Exactly. So it's saying we know you, you know, do this all the time, the so we'll
1: give you one day when you don't. Surely. And then next next, no, next week you can okay. go back to
0: it.
2: Okay. Right. I hear you. So
0: I, so I think that's my final word, being more critical of it and, and being more active um, in bringing forward the message of women and saying that it's, it's important that we prioritize issues Intersectional issues on a daily basis, and not just have one particular day or one particular month. We I mean, mm. prioritize
1: them. Fantastic, thank Can you. Can I just? I nearly want to get one, one yeah, word. In. One yep. word, yep. Mase,
0: do, do you
4: know Kondisa yes. and Temba? Yes, I do. You do. I just met them this weekend, <laughs> and I am so my excited God. that I've met you now. My circle of student activists and it's growing, it's growing mm. and growing, and I just wanted to say. I'm so
0: happy. <laughs> this
2: is going to be a big coffee day. So I know, right? Finally have I'm so this.
1: excited. I'll
4: organize it. So on Sunday, I say hi.
1: Okay, fantastic. If okay. you want to join this, you can tweet us. We'll be selling tickets at 500 <laughs> pop just to raise money for the next podcast. <laughs> guys, unfortunately, that's all the time. We have a big thank you. Kavuli Nyali, Anelen Zimande, Maserumaru. Thank you so much.
3: Thank you, guys. Thank you. To everybody thank
1: tuning in, please, please check out The Feminist Talkwell. Check out Good Hair Diaries. Check out Vanguard Magazine. And and South African Young Feminists, of course. Please download the podcast and share it with all your friends. And we'll be back same time next week as usual. Thank you so much.